Welcome to Dreamers Academy, where thought leaders sow into the visionary. I created this platform because it's my honor and my duty and my heart lives for giving. I love to give away information. So I created Dreamers Academy where I can freely do so. I didn't have to wait for somebody to hand me a microphone or pay me to stand on the stage to do it because I want to talk every day. I absorb information every single day. And so now we're going to be talking about going retail. I wanted to share with you four things that I learned in the pitch that retailers are looking for when they're searching for local suppliers. So take a look. Hello, hello guys. Welcome to another episode of Dreamers Academy. This is episode five with your girl, Iris Nicole Patterson. Now today's episode, it's been a lot of hype about it and it got me kind of (laughs) hype. Look, I love to share. That's one of my most favorite things to do, which is why I started public speaking and I started coaching. It's because I love sharing information, especially lessons that I've learned or information that's hard to get to, you know, because people pay through the nose to try to get to some of this information that's out here because no one's like really freely sharing like they should. And I decided to bring a change to that. I'm like, I'm sharing it all. I'm talking all, I'm talking about it because I want to see everybody win. Like, that's my thing. I want to see you win as I go hard. So whatever I can get my hands on, I'm passing it on to the, like the next person that need this information. And so today's information. <laughs> so I'm giving you some insight on what it was like when I pitched to Whole Foods for the first time. And the reason why I say the first time is because the way Whole Foods is set up, when you go into the store, they don't give you a region or half a region or a quarter of a region. Not like that. Not on a local level. Now, there are companies that, or suppliers rather, that Whole Foods work with that had access to coming in and and uh, grabbing like a Midwest region and, and so on. Well, on the local level, it's a little bit different. One of the things that they wanted us to do as we... Some of us came in and we were handed one store. Others came in and they were handed maybe three stores just or and two just to see how we were able to navigate, how we were able to produce, how we were able to supply uh, being that we're rather small. Their, their local suppliers. So they didn't overwhelm us. Like if you was to go into Walmart, dude, like you would probably be out of business before you even get started. If you started at the scale that I'm at, I'm just going to speak for myself. <laughs> and so they were friendlier when it came to giving us a number of stores to supply. And so with that, as we felt comfortable 
we were able to take on more stores, but that required us to go out and pitch to every single store that we wanted to take on, which is a little overwhelming on one end, but at the same time, it did give you some practice when it came to pitching, which is um, if you checked out episode four, I spoke with Shelby Parchment about how to pitch to retailers. And it is a craft, but it was one that I was able to kind of, um, well, I was able to really work on and strengthen because I'm in five five Whole Foods stores right now and two other uh, small retail stores but it required me to pitch each and every time. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable at it now on a local level. <laughs> I don't know if, I won't say that I'm not ready to walk into a Target. I'll say that um, I have some insight and I would have to uh, work on pitching to something, a store that size. But nevertheless, I had to pitch to Whole Foods and Hamilton Park back in April of 2016. And so it was very, oh, I was nervous as heck. I was, I was, I was nervous. Because when I walked in, I saw hundreds, hundreds of people, hundreds of craft makers, hundreds of food companies and, oh my God, handmade, like everybody was there. When they gave me the invite and um, just to give you a little backstory, I went to Natural Hair School, Amazon Natural Look Academy, and one of the suppliers uh, that's now in Whole Foods is the owner, founder of Amazon Natural Look Academy, which is Evolving Textures, Nadra Smiley. She was the director. She still is the director over that school. She learned that I had a product. She took me to her last meeting with Whole Foods where she had already went through the pitch process. They they said yes to her. Um, she wanted me to hear how the conversation went when she went to the corporate office to work on her labels. And so there I found out that they were still looking for local suppliers. So they said, you need to come out to Hamilton Park and um, I think it was like April 12th or something like that. And you can come and pitch. Well, I thought it was like a invite only, little small setup, you know, very intimate. No, everybody and their mama knew about it. That's what it felt like. So when I got there and they handed me this piece of paper, uh, it, it asked um, to for me to give them some insight about my business. And one of the beautiful things it asked was, what are your ties to Inglewood? Because they were just opening an Inglewood store. Well, I'm like born and raised, dude, you know? <laughs> and so um, I filled out the little piece of paper and then it was, you only had five minutes. That's what it felt like. I believe it was five minutes to sell yourself because they had so many people to listen to that day. So when my turn came, I'm going to share with you now four things that they asked me to help make a decision to pull me out of the hundreds of people that pitched that day. So that's what we're here to talk about. 
So these are things that really, it comes up in every conversation when you're pitching. So take notes, think about your, think about these things, answer these questions yourself, you know, put it in a, on a, I don't know, a, in a folder with your sales sheets and all this other stuff, because these are the, these are, you're going to hear this a lot. And this is what I had to, now I steal go when I go to pitch, I still work off these four bullet points. So here's the first one, your story. You're like, oh yes, but make that bad boy interesting. Look, the way you tell your story, that's what's going to sell them off point. So you know when you're pitching in any pitch competition, whatever, you just got to have an amazing story. And your story sets you aside. It's your why. It's your reason. It's the reason why you made this in the first place. You're, you're going to sound so passionate. You're going to sell these people. They're going to like you and they're going to like your story if you tell it right. So I had to tell my story very quickly. I had to tell my story. It's just like an elevator pitch. You only have three minutes in an elevator pitch. And in a pitch competition, they only give you three minutes. So craft that story. This is the last time you may see these people if you don't tell this story right. If you don't know your own story, you know your own why. What problem are you trying to fix? So they wanted to know, why did I make these products? You know, what what made me so fascinated with shampoo, conditioner, and made this hair butter? Like, why? And so they were nodding and smiling. I couldn't, they all really friendly naturally. (laughs) So I didn't know if they were just playing me or if they were really engaged. I had no idea. But I knew when I told the story about my bald head, because when I show people those pictures, because I pull it out my phone, I'm like, look, I ain't lying. This is what happened to me. I looked like George Jefferson back in 2014. And so, (laughs) yes, they wanted to know my story and they wanted it to be interesting. You had to have an interesting why. Now, here's the thing. After this story, now this is very important. Do you have an existing customer base? They're not about to sit up here and take someone that created something two weeks ago and you haven't sold it to anybody yet but your family and then put you in their store. They need to know that if they put these products on the shelf, somebody's going to come and get these products off the shelf because they're in the business of making money, not being your friend. So do you have existing customers other, and then who are you, how many customers you got? That's another question. How many? What's a ballpark? Who's buying this product? Who is your demographic? Who are we serving? Because also they make a determination to where to put you. You may not sell in every region. You may, you're not going to sell in every neighborhood because everyone isn't your customer. You may have different nationalities, different age groups to buy it, but who's buying it the most? So they need to figure that out with, well, you need to tell them. 
so they can choose these neighborhoods wisely because you don't want something going into the store and collecting dust. That doesn't do them any good because if you want to, let's look a little further into, you know, when you go big, go like big box, like my friend Charmin from Rocky Locks, we had this conversation. They're going to ask, why should I, who should I remove off my shelf and replace, you know, and, and put your, your products, you know, there in that space. Who am I replacing and why are you? So basically, are you going to sell more than these people now? And this is, that's a real life. That's a true story because I'm getting ready to go into park forest park. I'm getting ready to go to forest park, Whole Foods. You know what they told me? They said, yeah, we want your products here right now. We're just getting ready to sell the last little bit of this other line to make room for you. That, so that's real truth. That's real truth. And what you don't want is to be that line that they're trying to remove off that shelf. So you need to have existing customers. No BS. No BS. Because they will remove you. Real big box retailers, they give you 60 days to sell. And if you're not selling, you're gone. You're gone. Have you ever walked into the store and was like, I thought this line was in here. But yeah, it was. They didn't do so well. So they don't need to be wasting time with your product if you don't have existing customers. Then they ask, okay, what are your sales? How much money, how much revenue are you generating now? Are you selling now? It's still all about, are you selling product? And yeah. <laughs> you know, you can give them a ballpark. They don't expect you to bring financials to that meeting, not to the pitch on that level. Big box. Yeah, they, they, you, they taking a closer look as a big meeting. It's, it's more people present. But on this local level, I did not have to provide financials. So, but you need to know your numbers. You need to know your profit margins. And let's talk a little bit about that. Profit margins. You need to know if you're making money today because when you go, when they give you the yes, because we're going to claim that everybody that lit, everyone that listens to this, that have a great product, we're claiming that you're going to go retail. When you go retail, you need to think about your profit margins because you're going to be selling at wholesale cost. So when they get their cut, when you shave off money so they can buy from you wholesale, you need to still be eating. So you need to know your numbers going in. I'm going to tell you, I like revealing my truths. I didn't have, I didn't know my numbers. I wasn't even prepared. I had no idea that I would even have this opportunity. That's why we saw, we should always be ready. Be ready. You need to stay ready. So I wasn't ready. And I had to go in later after I went on the shelf and I discovered I wasn't making no money because my profit margins like sucked, sucked. I had to go in and adjust the cost. Now they allow you to do that because, you know, from month to month, there could be some inflation on some of your raw ingredients. So they do allow, I got to go and do that. They sent me an email just a couple of days ago to go and uh, do my cost file. See it. And they're asking you, has there been any changes or no? And they'll honor the cost. They're, Whole Foods, they're not getting 50% from me because 
when I offered them 50% at that cost, it didn't benefit me. So I had to go in and adjust the cost. And now I'm making money, you know, and um, I had to do this. What did I have to do this? Um, I want to say I had the courage because I was afraid. I thought they was going to boot me out the store um, after I <laughs> adjusted the cost, but they did not. They honored it. But it was, I think I wasn't making any money for like, <laughs> what, um, maybe six months. Oh, no, it was sooner than that. Maybe, I think maybe four months. I found the courage and I'm like, oh, I'm still in there. Okay. <laughs> so, but they, you know, they understand that we're new with this. We're very new and, and it's a learning process. It is, it's a learning process. So know your numbers, know your numbers. If you're going to go, when you go retail, you have to eat, they're going to eat regardless. And the other thing that I did that I allowed them to do was set the cost for my products. I wanted to see what they was because it was all of this was very new to me. And eventually um, I went in and I adjusted the cost on my website. I wanted all my Chicago customers to go into the stores to buy the products because well, I'm jumping ahead. I'm going to. OK. And then they ask what's in your product? What's in your product? That's very important to Whole Foods. Um, Not a whole lot to other stores because, you know, Whole Foods deal with all natural and organic. And so they needed to know that we didn't have any um, synthetic oils and stuff like that in the product. So they just trusted you. They didn't do no lab research or anything. They didn't send it off to a lab and be like, hey, you know, scientists, you know, what's in Iris Botanicals? Is she lying? You know, so they didn't do that, but they did ask. They wanted to know. Um, and if it, they had a list of forbidden ingredients that you couldn't use. And so, and you know, by law, we have to put everything that's in our products on the label. So that was very important. So they asked that. And then after that, after I pitched and answered all those questions, um, and I felt confident because I did have an existing customer base and I, and I was making sales for a while and I did have a very interesting story within those five minutes. Um, I had to then wait. And so I didn't know if I did well or not. And two months later, they sent me an email and they were like, Iris, you're still interested? Of course, I'm still interested in being in your store. So the next meeting, I went down to corporate and we went over all the SKUs that I wanted to put on the, on the shelf. And the SKU represent an individual product, you know, a, a unique product. And so I selected five SKUs, which cost me an arm and a freaking leg to prepare to put on a shelf. And if I had any business sense and knowledge, I would have only put the restorative care trio on the shelf and not my body butters because I always forget to market my body butters. So go look. If you go to um, Whole Foods, look for Iris Botanicals body butters because I always forget to talk about them. And so with that, I was able to have a more intimate conversation. And I asked her, I said, did you tell anybody no? Because I'm like, y'all chose me, but you know, so <laughs> did you tell anybody no? And they were like, yeah, we did. 
And I said, so how, how did you make your determination? So this is what I want to give you guys some insight. So the first thing is packaging. They wanted to know that, yes, I had Avery labels. I did. I had Avery labels, but my bottles were purple. Everything um, looked, it looked packaged in a way where it complemented each other. The products all looked the same and it was uniformed. And so um, I was very fortunate that I already thought through what my final packaging was going to look like. And it was just a matter of labels. And the reason why I still had Avery labels is because they stress to you. Do not, do not go and run off and get some professional labels printed before you go on the shelf. Whole Foods packaging, well, labels, um, the, the, the stipulations that they put on these labels and the requirements and, you know, they are the strictest in the industry when it comes to how your label's supposed to look. And so they stress, don't spend money because when we deny, because they will, because you don't know what they require, you're going to go, you have to go and print them all over again and they're going to cost you. <laughs> so don't do that. Don't run off. So, you know, and I talk about this in my workshops that I do how to prepare your labels for packaging, um, for, you know, your retail labels, how to prepare your labels for retail. And it's, it's NC codes that have to be, um, in parentheses. And then it's a comma that you got to put in between ingredients and you can't put, don't put aqua, just put water. You know, it's like, it's so much. Don't put organic because you have to have a certified organic stamp. And that costs hundreds of dollars. I think a little more than that to get because it's a certification that you have to get, you know, so it's a, it's a process. So, but they don't allow it unless you are certified organic. So you can't use organic on your pack packaging. So it's it's a lot, but they do look at if your packaging is uniform. They they do look at, you know, if you're prepared, you know, if you have customers, the production, who makes this stuff? You know, at what level are you able to, you know, meet the demand? You know, all of that. Those are the extras that they look at and they don't tell you. They eye your product. The presentation of your packaging makes a big statement to them. Either you're ready or you're not. So, <clears throat> so those are the things that they, um, you know, say yes and no to. Also, with food products, you know, like when they go in their hot bar, I had a conversation with them. Um, about that because I had friends that were able to prepare foods. And one of the things they say about the prepared foods in a hot bar, they ask themselves, can my chefs make this in a kitchen or not? If their chefs can create uh, a, a, a recipe already because it's not so unique, they're not going to um, consider your food for the hot bar. It has to be something really special that they can't make in the back. Also, if you use meat products, you have to use their suppliers for meat. And that costs you. That's like serious cost because of the kind of ground beef that they use. You Some of their supply, you have to use some of their farmers 
And so it's like, can you carry the cost of that when you're creating these food products for their hot bar? So those are the, some of the things that they um, kind of take into consideration when they uh, look for these local suppliers. Who's prepared enough to take on some of the costs that they require in order to be in their store? So Whole Foods is a tricky retailer. It really is. So they've been acquired by Amazon. A lot of things haven't changed. Not a whole lot. Little small things has changed um, that has affected us. Like we're, we've been told now that we can't do our own demos. So we have to pay their demo company to go in and demo our products. I'm interested to see how that works out because who can better talk about my um my products than someone that I've trained or myself. So yeah, that's gonna be very, very interesting. <laughs> so but yeah, I hope that um this has helped you with your, you know, your your as you prepare for retail, it's a fun game, but it's stressful at times. You have your highs and lows, you look at your numbers, you're like, oh my God, am I selling? Or Am I, can I keep up with what I'm selling? You know, I've had, uh, <laughs> it was cool. I had a DNA info write up before they shut the site down. And though everybody that is, it felt like everyone that read that article ran to the store. And so all the stores was sold out. So except for Lincoln Park, they were selling but not as fast as Inglewood, Inglewood, Inglewood sold out. So one guy thought that I was just totally disregarding Inglewood by not filling the store with product. But as I dropped them off, it was time to turn around and drop off some more product. And so he wrote this angry email to me, like, you know, because you got to take care of your people first. I mean, I went to the Inglewood store and it wasn't nothing on the shelf. And, you know, I mean, I went there the next day and I'm like, oh, I got to make, I got to whip it. Can I whip it? But I just dropped off last week. I'm, I'm grateful that I'm having this problem, but can you give me a chance? And so, you know, I wrote a nice email back letting him know that, I wasn't treat because he did say he was like, but when I w called over to the white folks neighborhood, you know, they had it there. Okay, that's 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 true, you know, but it's because my people are supporting me to the max. And I applaud you. God. I'm, I'm, I'm happy and I'm grateful. But my land. So you can deal with some retail ups and downs where if you're not selling enough, you know, they can be a little testy. I'm talking about the stores and consider booting you out, but you can also have such, you know, an amazing um, response to your product that you can't feel, <laughs> you can, you cannot, you know, feel the shelves fast enough. And so with that, you have to be prepared for the demand, be prepared for the demand, be prepared for retail. Like it can go either way. It really can. So you got to ride it out. Market, have an amazing marketing strategy. I mean, you have to have a phenomenal marketing strategy because you got to get people into the stores. We're accustomed now to Amazon, two-day shipping, free. 
And then, but with hair products, you know, we're, it's more instant gratification. So we are willing to leave the store to go and buy these products, but that's hair, but it's not just hair in the store. You know, we have so many different, um, like products out here, body scrubs and body oils and, you know, uh, candles and food and people will leave the house for food. They really will. But you have to be very strategic about your product, your industry, and what moves and drives people if you're going to go retail. You really need to know your industry and you really need to know how to get that person's attention and get them excited enough to go into the store and buy the product. Because if you put it on a shelf, it's your responsibility to get it off the shelf, to get your customers to come in there and get it off the shelf. And so one of the things that they did, Whole Foods was very strategic. They called us friends of Inglewood. So a lot of us are connected to Inglewood that's in that store. So they had our pictures hanging from the ceiling, which is amazing. It's so awesome uh, to see myself there. And, you know, and so my friends are going to come in and celebrate me. They're very strategic about that. So when they're in there, they're going to buy other stuff. So they're going to go in. Iris Botanicals is going to bring her people in there who's not just going to come in there and buy Iris Botanicals, but they're going to stop at the hot bar. They might get a smoothie and they might get some of the expensive fruit, but it is it is comparable to some of the, um, you know, some of the pricing in the, in around the neighborhood, but it's still kind of expensive, but they will buy other stuff. So retailers are very strategic. It's like, why should I bring you in my store? Are you going to drop? Are you going to drive sales up for us? So I can talk all day about this, um, but, you know, it's been pretty dope. Pretty dope. There, Like I said, there are some ups and downs. Like Lincoln Park is not, it's, it's not uh, my most popping store. Different demographic. But the store manager asked me to come in the store. When I had to do a presentation to the Midwest region about myself, it was me, Rachel uh, from Lang's Bake Shop, um, and some others. Was Rachel there? I'm not sure. I don't. It's been a minute. But you know, the um, VP of Whole Foods invited quite a few of us out to come and talk about our products in the Midwest region. There, I met the store manager of Lincoln Park. He asked me to come to the store. He said he needed more diverse products, and you know, I cried real tears one day because nobody was buying the product because I didn't look like them. You get that? This is real life. You get that. <laughs> you do. And so I said, I'm going to get somebody that looks like them to stand there and demo my products. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I got to play the game. I do. And so, but I would tell you this, our community, especially our Whole Foods community is really, really close and, and just awesome because we all weather some storms together. So I'm going to shout out some of my favorite people in Whole Foods. You know, um, I'm going to shout out my girl, Miss PG Free. That's Lisa. She has gluten-free cookies. And then I have Jennifer from Island Indulgence. She has body scrubs. Then it's Kimmy Cakes. That's my girl, Kim. 
Um, she has some amazing cheesecakes. I love her salted caramel cheesecakes. And oh, Miss Pre, uh, Miss P, Miss P, uh, G free, like her gluten free cookie bars are the bomb. They do not taste gluten free. And so, and then it's, uh, my girl, I shown you with Essie Marie's awesome salad dressing. And then my friend Charmin, she has Rocky Locks, it's hair accessories for little girls. And then my girl Rachel, who would be all in like the New York Times and stuff, Lane's Bake Shop. She has all kind of baked goods. And then it's my girl Penny. Penny's tea. You guys need to hear her story. Like she has an amazing story and she got an awesome detox tea that make your belly go down. And then my first lady, Demetria from all together. Lovely. She has a line that deals with alopecia as well. And so I really love her products. And then my um, Nadra um, from the, the school I went to, which um, is, um, Oh my God, Amazon Natural Look Academy, but Evolving Texture, she has an amazing hair gel. It's like a staple in my house. All natural hair gel that slick them edge is real nice. And then Jordan Romite Squares, like he was on, um, oh my God. Yeah, my people did some amazing things. Like he was on, oh my God, so many different articles, but what's that TV show for Chicago? Oh my God. Where Val Warner is on there. I can't. Windy City Live. He was on Windy City Live. But my girl, B.O. Essentials, Christina with B.O. Essentials, like she was in the Grammy baskets. Like she made some hashtags that got her some attention on Instagram and ended up in a Grammy's baskets. And so uh, we just have so many different amazing people that I love, that I've come to love and really get to know through Whole Foods, through ups and downs, the entrepreneurship community is really dope. All those that are willingly sharing their stories and their secrets and all of that stuff. And so I'm one that does that. I love to share. So I need you guys to subscribe to Dreamers Academy. Okay, share my channel with others because I'm going to continue to give away information. I want everybody to win. It's room at the cross for everybody. It's enough money out here for everybody. So if you love this, heart it. Um, you know, like I said, subscribe. Also, check me out on irisnicolepatterson.com. There you will find the links to Dreamers Academy, my um, inspirational videos, but also a link to irisbotanicals.com if you want to check out my site and my story. So I will see you guys next week. Again, man, go after, just man, live big, dream big, and go hard. All right, guys, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>